Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence Tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting daikinloveshouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show. Here's the snap. Looking. Flips the ball. Diving for the pylon. And he's got it. Razzle dazzle. Touchdown, Houston. And the Texans go in front. Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it. And they do. Now, it's Texans All Access. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, fresh off a 27-20 win over the New England Patriots. That was fun. And there are a lot of reasons why it was fun. But start with the play to Sean Watson, seeing some young players make some plays, like John Grenard, Kiki QT getting in the end zone was absolutely fantastic. I think it may have shed a tear. I was so happy for the young man who had been stuck uh, so far, unfortunately, into a doghouse. But he got himself out. He's been working his tail off to get there, and he got there. Uh, And the defense, run defense, was very, very good yesterday. I hate that P.J. Hall will apparently go on IR. That's going to be a big loss. He really had come to Houston ready to prove everybody wrong, had been really, really good on the inside. So Texas are going to need some help on the inside, whether that comes from Corey Legit. Uh, who played and got a sack against the Browns, or from some other way. But the Texans got to find a way to fit somebody in there seamlessly and keep that run defense uh, and that front playing at a pretty decently high level. Look, you, you want the God's honest truth. Through through the last through 11 of the last 12 quarters since the bye week, and I know James Robinson had 99 yards, but he averaged less than four yards a carry. The run defense has been pretty good. One quarter against the Browns uh, was not very good. Uh, and that obviously cost them, uh, cost them that, that L. So 2-1 and one since the break. Hopefully can get on a roll here, stacking these dubs. And a big one on Thursday at Detroit on Thanksgiving. Kickoff is going to be 11.30 Houston time, 12.30 Detroit time. And it's time to get funky. Time to get funky with the Detroit Lions team we see every four years. Last time we saw him was 2016. <laughs> Had uh, one of my f- favorite sideline interactions at halftime after the Texans had pretty much dominated the first half. Brock Osweiler threw an interception right before the half. And I had the opportunity to talk to the head coach at the time, and it didn't go very well. But that's in the past. Also in the past, in some sense, is week 11. Not all the way in the past, because we do have Bucks v. Rams tonight. However, week 11... Pretty exciting weekend for the most part. Very exciting weekend in the NFL. And it got started on Thursday night when the Arizona Cardinals traveled up to take on the Seattle Seahawks. A matchup that back in late October, was it late October, early November, 
They met on a Sunday night. Seahawks had a late lead. Looked like it was just going to be blowout city. And then the Cardinals came racing back. Got it to overtime. Won that thing in overtime. It was a big win for the Cardinals at the time. However, this one took place up in Seattle. And that means you got a tango with Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson on this day, very, very good. As always, 23 of 28, 197 yards, but he had two touchdowns. And when he goes to the air, he looks for his man, DK Metcalf. Wilson is going to scramble, now throw, end zone, touchdown, Metcalf. Metcalf's number's not going to blow you away in this one, three for 46 but he did come up with that 25-yard touchdown. One of the touchdown grabs. But Tyler Lockett, the dude on this night. Nine targets, nine receptions, 67 yards, and a touch. As the Seattle Seahawks get a 28-21 win over the Cardinals. Kyler Murray threw for 269 and two touchdowns. But it was not enough as the Seahawks get the win 28-21 over the Arizona Cardinals and the Seahawks move to the top of the NFC West for now. We'll see what happens with the Rams. But right now, the Seahawks move to the top of the NFC West. A battle that we were watching pretty much all day happened in Baltimore. Now, we obviously were watching our game against New England. But Baltimore taking on the Tennessee Titans. And of course, we were go Baltimore all day long. However... It didn't turn out the way it was supposed to. Why? Well, one reason was Corey Davis, number five overall pick in the 2017 draft. He's going to help protect the pass down the field, and Davis has his first catch. Beautiful grab by Corey Davis. Another reason ended up being A.J. Brown, second-round pick in the 2019 NFL draft. Goes to Brown. Brown trying to wiggle free. Still fighting for it. Brown takes it all the way. Unbelievable effort. Brown, we just got done talking about his ability to run after catch. Catch, caught, tackled basically. Gets free. Now the other people, he'll be down. Boom, gets free again. They got to go for two. The Titans would go for two and get it and make it a 24-21 to game. But a Justin Tucker field goal with 15 seconds left in the game tied it and sent it to overtime. Now, the Titans have been in overtime this year. At least one other time this year that I can vividly remember. And I remember it was against us. And Derrick Henry won it with an overtime run. So how did the Titans finish this overtime game against the Ravens? Derrick Henry overtime run. Henry getting free. Henry's going to end the game. Titans taking it in overtime. We talk about his second half surge. It just starts to wear you down. And you saw the effort Henry gave. Cut back, finish, get through the arm tackle. And Tennessee survives on the road. And they win in Baltimore for the second time in 2020. That's right. Two wins for the Titans over the Ravens. And I mentioned those two Titans receivers. They are fantastic. Corey Davis had 113 yards receiving. It was A.J. Brown with the highlight touchdown that put them ahead 
with four receptions, 62 yards of receiving. He carried about 8,000 defenders into the end zone on that 25-yard touchdown reception. Derrick Henry, 28 for 133 in that 29-yard touchdown. Put the Ravens away. The Ravens now 6-4, and and they've struggled the last few weeks. They lost to the Patriots on Sunday night, who the Texans beat. They then lost to the Titans, who the Texans should have beaten. And it makes the Titans 7-3. Ravens fall to 6-4, a 30-24 win for the Titans. Second win at M&T Bank in 2020 for the Titans. My goodness. We will face the Detroit Lions on Thursday. They, on Sunday, travel to take on the Carolina Panthers and the XFL MVP. Now, I can't remember if they ever did a full vote. Or did a vote. I just know that the Houston Roughnecks were the top team. And the best player on that team clearly was P.J. Walker. Before the league shut down, Walker lit it up. That earned him an opportunity to go play for his college coach, Matt Rule at Carolina. When Rule shut down Teddy Bridgewater, who was trying to get himself healthy for the game, he said, look, TB5, you're valuable, but you can't do it today. I'm going with P.J. And P.J. Walker was absolutely sensational. He has by far the best arm on this team. Show a little of that arm there. Now he's going to show the arm off again. Going deep for D.J. Moore, who's got it down the sideline and tripped up inside the 20. P.J. Walker, after being cut, not one, not two, not three, four, five, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve times by NFL teams. Being the XFL MVP, unofficial though it may be, he throws for 258 yards and a touchdown. He did throw two picks, but he threw for 258 and 24 of 34 passing. Ran the ball but for negative yards, but it didn't matter. He led the Panthers to a win, and there's a picture of him going in the locker room and going down kind of in the tunnel, like right as he's about to enter the locker room where everybody is, and I can only imagine what that feeling was like as he turned the corner and he sees his NFL teammates ready to celebrate seeing him. NFL players understand the grind. They understand what their teammates go through to get there, and there was serious appreciation for P.J. Walker yesterday in Carolina. He leads them to a win. D.J. Moore, 7 for 127. You heard the 52-yarder he had. Curtis Samuel had 8 for 70. Robbie Anderson, 7 for 46. I said it before the year. Anderson, Moore, Samuel. One of the more dangerous three-receiver combos in the league. And they showed it. 22 of Walker's 24 receptions went to those three guys. And for good reason. Lions did nothing. Matt Stafford, five sacks, 178 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. They ran for 40 yards. 40. Now, you know that's going to completely change on Thursday. You just know it. That's just the way it always is. All right, let's go to Cleveland where we were last week. The Browns taking on the Eagles. Browns looking to get to 7-3, and three, and what an accomplishment that would be for Kevin Stefanski, who at 7-3 and three should be getting coach of the year. Recognition right alongside Mike Tomlin. The Browns got it started when Baker went Hollywood, or... More so, Baker went to Hollywood. Hollywood. Higgins, that is. 
Looking for another big play, and he's got it. This time it's Rashard Higgins. All the way down inside the 20-yard line. The Browns would capitalize in horrible weather conditions a few drives later when the Eagles had the ball in the second quarter and Carson Wentz went back to pass. And, oh, boy, bad things happened, happened, because Taki Taki picked it, picked it for 6-6. Off the fake to Sanders. He's the release, but an off-target throw is intercepted by Sione Taki Taki. Pick six to the house for the Browns. The Eagles tried to hang tough in this one, but in the end, it was just a little bit too much Browns running game. Kareem Hunt had a beautiful five-yard touchdown run, and then Nick Chubb, like he did the week before against the Texans, sealed it with a run around the left side, and my goodness, was this beautiful. Good cut by Chubb. Running guys over. Nick Chubb with a big gainer. Still on his feet. Still going inside the 10 with a run. Kareem Hunt had the touchdown on the day, a six-yarder that you got to see it to believe it, but it was Nick Chubb with 20 carries for 114 yards and another 50-pluser at the end, that 54-yarder you just heard where he embarrassed everybody in the Eagles uniform. Browns win again. That was my prediction before the year. It wasn't going to be last year. It was going to be this year. They are crushing it. 22-17, two wins at home, one over the Texans, one over the Eagles, and horrid weather in both. But the Browns, right where they need to be. If the Steelers weren't running away with this thing, they'd be right there for a division title, but at 7-3, they are right in the mix. And if the season ended today, as they say, the Browns would have a playoff spot. All right, speaking of the Steelers, they went to Duval County, where crazy things have happened to the Steelers in the past. (laughs) Not on this day. Why? Well, Ben Roethlisberger. Why? Chase Claypool. So you think this is a new phase of the offense? I do. I think it's an extra phase to the offense. Deep shot. Caught. Touchdown. Claypool. Roethlisberger. Perfectly thrown. 10 touchdowns in 10 career games for Chase Claypool. Pull out the candles, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, you think that's any good? 10 touchdowns in 10 games? Yeah, Chase Claypool in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I remember somebody close as the draft got after he had done tremendously at the Combine, had a really good senior year. I remember there was uh, there were a few people that were actually sort of denigrating him, kind of like they were doing DK Metcalf the year before. And I said, guys, have you seen this guy? Have you seen him run? Have you seen him do the things that he needs to do? DK Metcalf should have taught you a lesson. The guy with that sort of size, speed, and measurables, you think he's going to fail, especially if the guy wants to be great like Chase Claypool would be? Chase Claypool wants to be great, and he was great. There's no question about that. He has been great. Four for 59 and a touch. But the defense got it rolling as well. Second and nine. Newton popped up in the air. Intercepted. Picked off. It's Mika Fitzpatrick. Wrestled down. Yeah, Minka didn't care too much about being thrown down on the ground the way he was by James Robinson, but it gave the Steelers a shot right before the half. Now, they were back a little bit. It didn't matter because Ben Roethlisberger looked deep to Deontay Johnson. 
102 to play. First half. Roethlisberger dials it up. Oh, the second effort. Deontay Johnson. Johnson appeared to have a touchdown, but he came up short the one-yard line. But no worries. Benny Snell would take it over the goal line under a minute left, completing that 61-yard drive. That made it 17-3, and this one was essentially over. The Steelers would shut out the Jaguars for the rest of the game, score 10 themselves, and win this thing 27-3. Big Ben, MVP candidate, 32-46 for 267 and two tutties. James Conner ran for 89. Deontay Johnson caught 12 for 111. How about that? And Claypool had that 4 for 59, as we talked about. The Steelers had Johnson with 12. Then they had four receivers with three catches. Claypool, Ebron, Ray-Ray McLeod, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And James Conner had three catches. Man, how about that? Defensively, though, the story. How about this? Terrell Edmonds, not one, but two picks. Minka Fitzpatrick, not just the one you heard, but another one. Steelers D, big, 27-3. Steelers stay undefeated. 10-0, Jaguars 1-9. and Hanging on to that second overall pick as we speak. Falcons took on the Saints, and the big story in this one was going to be who's playing quarterback, Jameis Winston or Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill. Tell you this, I didn't think Taysom Hill could play full-time quarterback. He made a few throws to prove me otherwise. Hill loading up, lofting deep, going down there for Hayes. Caught! Hill yesterday for the Saints. 18 of 23 for 233 yards. No tutties, no interceptions. However, Taysom Hill also ran 10 times for 51 yards and two touchdowns. Balance on the ground. Hill 51, Latavius Murray 49, Alvin Kamara 45, and a reverse to Harris for 23. They ran for 168. My goodness. Michael Thomas helped him out with nine catches, 104 yards as the Saints took down the Falcons 24-9 in Taysom Hill's first start under Sean Payton. The Saints move to 8-2 as the Falcons fall to 3-7. All right, let's go to Washington, D.C. or in the vicinity where Alex Smith getting it done for his first win as a starter since that 2018 season. It's been a miraculous story. And yesterday, Alex Smith didn't do a ton. 166 yards, sacked twice, a touchdown, did throw an interception. It was Antonio Gibson on the ground that was big. And through the air, Alex Smith found himself some Terry McLaurin. It's hard to believe how far he has come to get back to this point. Smith taking a chance up the field. It's caught right up the seam and that is terry mclaurin what a catch and what a receiver terry mclaurin is turning into led the wft with five receptions for 84 yards including that 42 yarder from alex smith the story though in this one joey burrow out for the rest of the year report on monday tore his acl and his mcl was not a clean tear like it was for Deshaun Watson, this could be a fairly lengthy rehab for Joe Burrow. We'll see. Thoughts are out to him. He had been fantastic. He had been really honestly making Bengals football fun to watch. 
but the Bengals fall 20-9 to to the Washington football team. Now tied in the NFC East from a win standpoint. All four teams in the NFC East have three wins. Speaking of three wins, the Denver Broncos had three heading into a game with the Dolphins. They took a 20-13 to lead into the fourth quarter, but Ryan Fitzpatrick off the bench was driving the Dolphins until this happened. Into the end zone and intercepted, picked off by the All-Pro Justin Simmons. Yes, the All-Pro Justin Simmons with a pick in the end zone to finish it. And the Broncos win this thing 20-13. to Simmons with that huge pick. But this was balance on the ground and the story of this game, the Broncos. Melvin Gordon, 15 for 84, two tutties. Phil Lindsay, 16 for 82. 166 yards between the two on 31 carries. Phenomenal Broncos run offense. They get the win 20 to 13. The Broncos go from three to four wins at four and six. Drop the Dolphins now in a playoff chase at six and four. Chargers took on the Jets. It was pretty much a highly entertaining game for the most part. But the Jets just couldn't get out of their own way, especially when Joe Flacco came in the game. In the backfield as the Jets take over at the four-yard line. A second look confirms the fumble and intercepted and touchdown. Tavon Campbell picks off Flacco's first pass attempt. So the Chargers defense got him on the board. And then Justin Herbert did it the Chargers' right way, offensively. With Mike Williams. Herbert with time throwing over the middle. Mike Williams with the catch to the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Chargers. (laughs) 39 yards. That 39-yarder would give the Chargers a lead. They would not relinquish. Herbert. Rookie of the year, Locke, ah, man, Chase Claypool's been very good, and Joe Burrow was great, but the injury will hurt him. How about this? 37-49 for 366, three tutties, no interceptions. Justin Herbert was stupid good yesterday. All right, Sunday, I should say. 16 of one, 16 receptions for 145 and a touch for Keenan Allen. Mike Williams had four for 72 and a touch. And Hunter Henry had four for 48 and a touch. My goodness, that Charger offense put on a show out in L.A. at SoFi. 34-28. Chargers, man, if they could have won some games when they had big leads late and didn't blow it, they'd be a lot better than 3-7. and seven. But well, here we are. 3-7 and seven Chargers, 34-28 to 28 over the winless Jets. Maybe the game of the day took place in Indianapolis. My goodness. Goodness, what a game this was, and I hate to even say it, the Colts ended up winning this thing 34-31, and man, it was crazy early as Michael Pittman got up on the board for the Colts. Play action from Rivers, pass is caught by the rookie Pittman, coming off his best day, first touchdown for Pittman. That tied the score at seven in the first half. But it was the first half where the Packers took over. Three touchdowns in the second quarter gave the Packers a 28-14 lead. But 
Indianapolis would fight back in the second half and take a 31-28 lead. The Packers would get the ball back late, deep in their own territory. It's okay. The master of the Hail Mary was under center. This one aired out. Valdez Scantling, and he's got it. Catch is made. Rodgers would lead the Packers on down, took one shot at the end zone, couldn't get it in, kicked the game-time field goal, went into overtime. That same Marquez Valdez Scantling, though, hands of butter in overtime, unfortunately. I love MVS, but this one was costly. Fumbled it. Colts got on it. Few runs, and it was time for Hot Rod. Good snap, good hold. Colts win it in overtime. As much as I hate to say it, Colts look really good. Man, really, really good and opportunistic. Coming back from behind in the second half, the fumble recovery and MVS on the screen play. Big day for the Colts, 34-31. to Got a little something out of the running game this time. Jonathan Taylor, formerly of the University of Wisconsin, 22 carries, 90 yards. Phillip Rivers threw for 288 and three touchdowns, and he threw to about a dozen different receivers. Big day, Colts get the win. They move to, I think, 7-3. and three. Yes, Packers fall to 7-3 and three as well. And then in your Sunday night tilt, man, what a game. Back and forth, Derek Carr lobbing shots. James uh, Harden even got mentioned during the game as a run play for the Raiders. Mahomes going back and forth. It's a great football game. But the Raiders left just enough time on the clock for the Chiefs. Down by three. Who do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to find? Travis Kelsey. I've seen that movie before and I never liked how it ended. I kind of liked how this one ended though. Great protection again. Mahomes to the end zone. Wide open. Touchdown, Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes, who extends plays like no other. Well, I can think of a quarterback that can do it as well or better. He lives in my zip code. That's a story for a different day. Chiefs get the win. Move to 9-1, 35-31. That game winner to Kelsey. Puts him over the top. What an excellent game in Las Vegas. Hate the fact that they didn't have fans there because they would have loved, loved, loved that game. And I thought NBC did a really good job with a Sunday night game out in Vegas. So it was kind of, kind of, kind of very cool. All right. When we come back, let's hear from our good pal Andre Ware. Talk about yesterday and what we've got to look forward to this week. That's coming up next on Texans All Access. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. In a moment, in a moment, in a moment. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you by Miller Lite. During this time of social distancing, cheering on the Texans over a beer might look a little different today. As the original light beer, Miller Lite has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. Whether you're toasting the friends near or far, great taste is always close by. Miller Lite, championship partner of the Houston Texans. Great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this season. You can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com slash buy beer online and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
96 calories, and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Now, here's the show. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 10.30 or after the late local news on ABC 13. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Monday Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. It's time to catch up with our good pal who knows these Thanksgiving day games in Detroit very, very well, our good pal Andre Ware. And we started off with a question about Carolina Panther offensive coordinator, the uber young gun, Joe Brady. Dre, is Joe Brady going to be a head coach next year, in your opinion? I think he's certainly uh, he's going to be interviewed, talked to. I wouldn't see any reason why he wouldn't. And, you know, there's a lot of excitement that surrounds him. You guys obviously talking about uh, P.J. Walker. Like, any any quarterback can kind of flourish in his system because they do a good job of, of identifying what fits. They knew right away that, that uh, Teddy Bridgewater – had a background in the system when he was with New Orleans. And then obviously PJ Walker ran, you know, an offense somewhat similar to uh, with a, with a dynamic passing game when he was here in Houston in the XFL. So I, I think so. I think, I think someone there, there'll be enough job openings where Joe Brady will get a lot of attention and ultimately get one. All right, what do you think of yet? Oh, go, go ahead. John. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Good. All right. Well, so what do you think of yesterday, Dre? Because, you know, we were talking about it at the top of the show, how, it was just a beautiful day with the roof open, and you mm-hmm. take the day unto itself. You're hosting the top team in the league in the last two decades, and they got a, they're playing for something here. Uh, now, not that the Texans aren't, but they're in better shape, four and five coming in. They could have gone to 500, be in much better shape in the AFC East, obviously, with the Bills two games ahead of them and the Dolphins losing yesterday. But the Texans end their dreams for now, and uh, at least for one day, and get the victory over New England. Tough wins to get. What would you make of what you saw yesterday? I just think they really identified what they are on offense. They, they found their identity, and it's throwing the football. You, you, uh, you're able to do it, and, and by that I mean you're, you can consistently move it when guys are in and out of the lineup. So the, this, the entire left side of, uh, of the offensive line was out. Uh, with Laramie being the the, uh, the second guy out, Calamente was was has been out for a while, and you're still able to move the football and protect. So that's what they are. They're a pass first offense. Now, do you do it every down? No, you got to keep the defense honest. Uh, but eventually, you spread them out, and you're you'll be able to run the football. Uh, it was just yesterday, timing of the runs may have tipped it in the in the Patriots' favor, where they knew when it was coming, but. Uh, nonetheless, th- this is a pass-first offense, and I think they finally realized it yesterday. Dre, I want you to expand on your point, if you don't mind, yesterday about Kiki QT, because you and I have talked oh, about yeah. this. We've texted about this, and, and we've talked about him in particular, and he's such a dynamic player, but he had been in whatever doghouse, couldn't play, couldn't get on the field, couldn't be, wasn't active. Mm-hmm. Then he'd be active, and he wouldn't get on the field at all. You said exactly what I was feeling, and that was I wanted Kiki to have a big play in that game, and, boy, it would be awesome if he could have a touchdown on this drive, this drive that has been so fantastic. But if you don't mind, expand on that because I know you and I were kind of feeling the same way about, you know, and also a key word in this is confidence, you know, and getting it back. What did did you see with Kiki? Well, I I just knew guys just need an opportunity, and especially with young players. You you just can't berate – 
and beat up a young player over and over and over again and, and, uh, and then expect something to change when you never give them the opportunity. And so a guy's going to work. He's working his tail off every single day. And, you know, earlier in the season, he makes a mistake. He puts the ball on the ground. Eventually, all of them do. But you don't put them in a doghouse and close and padlock it forever and then just keep them around uh, and don't utilize them and, and use them in any way, shape, you know, possible. So it was uh, it was great for me to see him have a kind of a breakout game and build some of that confidence back. That's what coaches are there for. It's to build a young player up. You know, you, you, you hear this, oh, we got to tear them down and build them back. No, you don't. You just got to build them up and build confidence so that they each and every Sunday can go out and, and play for you. They're not trying to make mistakes, but he's just one of a few. You know, look at Jonathan Grenard. He was, you know, dirt was thrown over him for the season, and he breaks out and has his first sack. Roger Johnson played his butt off yesterday. Max Sharpie couldn't find the field, couldn't get to the active roster after starting last year uh, if, on an 11-win team. Ross Blacklock. I mean, you can just continue to go down the list. Charlie Heck, buried and played yesterday. He had to come in for a snap on offense and then contributed on special teams. So you go down the list, all these guys were buried and just thrown to the side. They were just names on a team. But yet they contributed to a win. And I think for all of them, you know, obviously I, I, I mentioned Kiki QT with the touchdown, but all of them, you could say it about every single one of them, young players that needed confidence, their confidence built. And, you know, it started yesterday. Well, you brought up uh, Grenard in the sack yesterday. That was good. Defensively, stopping the run, stopping Cam Newton, who you, you and I and Johnny talked about it before the game about, hey, don't ignore what he can do through the air. You know, everyone talks yeah. about the ground game and nine rushing touchdowns, and that was impressive and everything. But he could still throw the ball and make plays. But the Texans got to him. They got some heat on him, and they forced some bad throws. And I know that you look at the passing total at the end of the day, but a couple of plays really skewed that, including the Hail Mary, which wasn't completion, but not even close to the end zone. Your thoughts on the way the defense went yesterday? I thought they played well. I mean, you know, you thought, oh, boy, here we go again. When uh, in that the, the Patriots' first drive, they're running it. They're mixing in a couple of passes here and there. They're screening, and, and, uh, and Damian Harris is doing his thing. And then from that point on, especially in the second half of the game, they, they really shut down the run and limited New England to what they don't do well and that's, you know, or don't do as well, and that's throw the football consistently. They can run it and came in with, you know, one of the top rushing attacks in, in, the, uh, in the NFL. But I thought they got after the passer. You saw different guys making plays. Terrell Adams made a great play in the open field. I mean, it was just Justin Reed might have played you know, his best game of the season yesterday. And, and so guys bouncing back, uh, putting it all together. And who, who knows? You, that's what I said yesterday. Just just keep playing. And at the end of the year, just, you know, see where you are. But uh, you, you've got some games that you can get some people's attention coming up uh, and, and and just keep winning. Who knows what, what goes down in, uh, in Tennessee or who knows what happens in Indianapolis. Uh, injuries are a part of this game. So you, you never know. I don't know if we've buried the lead on this, but I'm going to read you guys some numbers and you guys can react to this. Starting quarterbacks versus the Patriots since 2019. Y'all ready for this? Since 2019, all others not named Deshaun Watson, they, they're 8-16. and 16. They're completing 60% of the passes. They're throwing for 201 yards per game. 
Average yards per attempt is 6.7. TD to interception ratio is 23 to 34. And their mm. pass rating is 71.5. All right, Sean Watson's played them twice. He's 2-0. His completion percentage is 14 points higher. His passing yards per game is 88 yards higher at 289. His passing yards per attempt is 2.6 yards higher at 9.3. His touchdown interception ratio is 5 to 0. And his passer rating, like I said, all others, 71.5. His passer rating in two games against the Patriots, 129.6. Wait, two Dre, home games. Th- what's that? Two home games against the Patriots. For yeah, Watson? two home games against the Patriots. Okay, yeah. okay. Those gotcha. are the two since 2019. Since 2019. All you right, heard gotcha. all the others. Gotcha. And you heard Watson. Dre, he was magnificent yesterday, maybe as good as I can remember seeing him. What did you think overall of how he played? Yeah, I thought he was sharp. Mark made a comment to me that in, in warm-up he looked sharp. And so, you know, you, you it carried over, obviously, into the game. But I, I think his skill set – just gives Bill Belichick uh, nightmares. And, you know, you can defend, and it's a whole lot easier when a guy's a stationary target and you can pin him in the pocket and things of that sort. There are a couple of times uh, that, you know, he should have been dead to rights, and he figured out a way to get out and not only get out but complete a pass that's uh, that's down the field for a big gain or run for a first down to keep a drive going when it was third down. It just drive, It's got to drive Bill Belichick crazy. Uh, to have to try to defend a mobile quarterback. And so uh, he brings that. Yesterday, it was it all kind of came together for him uh, from an accuracy standpoint and from a mobility standpoint where he's able to make plays with his leg. He led the team in rushing. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's him kind of taking it on his back and really not trying to do too much yesterday. But, you know, he did enough, obviously, for them to win the game and be effective doing it. Okay, we've got the Rams and the Buccaneers tonight, and Brady's still very much alive and well at 7-3. and three. It's been a little bit of an up-and-down thing, but mostly up for the Buccaneers this year. And the Rams at 6-3, and three, obviously still going in that NFC. What do you think of Brady right now, Dre, and what you're seeing in Tampa out of this guy who's uh, like 50 years old or something like that? I think you're seeing a quarterback, no matter who it is, uh, adjusting to – a, uh, a new offensive system. And you guys have heard me say this, uh, I don't know how many times, but when you go, when you don't have a foundation to b- come back to, it's like learning, you know, being a rookie uh, pretty much all over again. And so it's it's a different style of system as well, where Bruce Arians wants to push the ball down the field. Brady's used to, you know, the underneath stuff and being accurate, super accurate and getting the ball out quickly. He's having to hold it a little bit longer. Uh, He's still getting, you know, adjusting to chemistry issues with receivers and things of that sort. That's why some games they, you know, they look like, wow, this is just bad. And then the next week they look like, well, that team's going to the Super Bowl. And so Mm -hmm. it's it's just one of those where uh, he's still adjusting to what that Bruce Arians, Baron Leftwich type of system. And uh, I, I, I do think this, though, once once he gets adjusted, uh, they have enough talent to go on one hell of a run. Of that, I do not disagree. And tonight, you will see Bucks v. Rams. You can also hear it right here on our flagship, Sports Radio 610. The Bucks taking on a Ram- Bucks taking on the Rams. This is a big one for both teams. The Bucks are 7-3. The Rams are 6-3. A win by the Rams ties them atop the NFC West with the Seahawks. A win by the Bucks 
gets them that much closer. And they need it to get closer to the New Orleans Saints because the Saints have beaten the Bucks twice. All right, we get back. It's time for the general to join us on this edition of Texans All Access. Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. 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 Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence Tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting DaikinLovesHouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13. We got one fast segment this Monday edition of Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris. Let's dive right in with the general, John McClain. General, your thoughts on what you saw yesterday with the Texans and the Patriots. Uh, The best thing I saw yesterday was the performance of the defense, specifically the run defense, uh, which was the worst in the NFL. Here came the Patriots, third and rushing, 161 yards a game. They look like on that first touchdown series with Damian Harris scoring on a nine-yard run, they were going to be able to run the ball like most of us thought, but they got 86 yards, which was however many 161 and 86 is. That's how many fewer yards they got. So the run defense was tremendous, and now they're going up against a running team that's 29th in rushing and a run defense that's 30th uh, in the Lions. But uh, I expect the run defense to play the way it did. And, of course, J.J. Watt is on a pace. If he can get three more deflections after getting a career high four, he'll tie the second most of his career 10. He's not going to beat 16, which was his record in 2012. But uh, Watt and especially Reed, Lonnie Johnson, and Bradley Roby, there were a lot of guys that played really well. But I'm telling you, when you unleash, hopefully we still have the general there. Um, General, are you still there? All right. Well, the general kind of dropped off there. I'm back. There he is. All right. General's back. No, it's okay. Justin Reed, I, that's kind of the way I expected him to play all year when I thought he would go to his first Pro Bowl. But, man, he was great. And considering they were going against Cam Newton and and uh, the Patriots' running game, I thought that was such an impressive performance at a time when they really needed it. Lions are coming off the first time they've been shut out since 2009. And uh, – First time of Matthew Stafford's career. So this game Thursday will be about Stafford and Watson throwing. I don't know what the Texans can do for a running game. David Johnson has to miss one more game, but he's looking pretty good. And it's not the backs. You know, they just, for whatever reason, can't run block. And another guy that deserves credit, Roderick Johnson playing left tackle in place of Laramie Tunsil. Uh, I thought and Romeo Cornell praised the heck out of Johnson for a job well done that uh, we need to single him out as well. All right, John. John. Before the game, had I said to you 
the Texans will hold Damian Harris to 43 yards rushing or or the Texans will give up no sacks without Laramie Tunsil playing, which would have sounded more improbable to you? The run, because they've, they've done a good job against the, the Patriots can't rush the quarterback. Their leading pass rusher, Jason Winovich, had two and a half. So if you're going to miss Tunsil, that was a good team to do it against. But the thing about the run after what we've just seen against Cleveland, and I thought, okay, they can shut them down for half. They can shut them down for three quarters. But I thought, sure, that the Patriots would do like the Browns and there was a couple other teams that really put them to him in the fourth quarter, and they weren't able to do it. Josh McDaniels kept calling pass plays, especially on first down. I'm thinking, you know, the guys watch his tape. Why not run it more? But it was, to me, the biggest surprise and the best thing about the Texans' performance was their outstanding run defense against an offense that had just come off a tremendous performance, 171 yards rushing and a 23-17 victory over Baltimore, a team the Texans can't beat. But what about Baltimore? Because they lose to the Titans yesterday, and Derrick Henry has two walk-off overtime touchdown runs on the season, one against the Texans, one against the Ravens. What did you think of what happened in Baltimore yesterday as they had the pregame activity at midfield and Harbaugh and Rabel not very happy with each other about the situation, and then the Titans raised their record to 7-3? and three. The Titans had been reeling. The Ravens were coming off. You know, the Ravens beat the Colts, and then they – and so, man, they're blowing and going because the Colts are good. Their defense is great. I think Matt Eberflus will get an interview here, and he might get a head coach. I think he'll get his first head coaching job. The defensive coordinator has done a tremendous job. So I thought the Titans would go to Baltimore. The Ravens wanted revenge for that playoff loss at home that eliminated them when everybody thought they were a Super Bowl contender. And I thought they'd get revenge. But, man, the Titans stepped up. Colts stepped up with that great overtime victory over the Packers. Those two teams are playing really well right now. And the Texans can be spoilers. I hate that term spoiler, but I think the general could actually be on to something there with the Texans as spoilers the rest of this season. Big thanks to General. Big thanks to Andre Ware, to Mark Vandermeer, to all of you guys for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Radio. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you by Miller Lite. During this time of social distancing, cheering on the Texans over a beer might look a little different today. As the original light beer, Miller Lite has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. Whether you're toasting to friends near or far, great taste is always close by. Miller Lite, championship partner of the Houston Texans. Great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this season. You can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com slash buy beer online and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Now, here's the show.